everyone. Welcome to HubShots episode 117. APAC's number one HubSpot focused podcast where we discuss HubSpot tips, tricks, new features and strategies for growing your marketing results. We hope you enjoy the podcast as much as HubSpot's CEO, Brian Halligan, does. Thanks for creating this podcast. It's awesome. I listen to it on the weekends and I really enjoy it. In this episode, we talk about tailored lead flows, HubSpot's upcoming integration with ManyChat, improved HubSpot meetings functionality, and our feedback from our first HubSpot user group in Sydney for 2018. My name's Ian Jacob from Search and Be Found, and with me is my co-host Craig Belly from Zen Systems. How are you, Craig? Oh, really well. And uh, we're recording this late on Thursday night, 29th of March, about to go into a nice long weekend, so it's going to be good. But you know what I found out last night at the Sydney HubSpot User what, Group? You know what did you find out, They're Craig? renaming Customer Hub to Service Hub. Yeah, right. Now, was that news to you? It certainly was news to me, because we're all waiting for Customer Hub. Yeah, what is Customer Hub, by the way? It is where all the support functions within HubSpot will be housed. So it's supposed to fill that part of the pie where we're delighting customers and all the tools within that will sit within that, mm. but, which is now called Service, Service Hub. Service Hub. I'm really looking forward. They announced this at Inbound last year. Yes. And uh, we're all waiting for it. So that's coming up in May, apparently. That's going to be launched. So looking forward to that. On to our Inbound Thought of the Week, Craig. Now... Guess what? There's less than 160 days to inbound 2018. And if you want to know how much time's ticking by, if you go to inboundcountdown.com, there is a countdown. Surely that's got to be on everyone's favorite bookmark list. Absolutely. Daily checking in, yeah. Now, onto the HubSpot user group, Craig, which we had on the 28th of March. Yeah, it was, it was really good. I thought it was a great night. We're in a new venue. Yes. Had a ton of people come along. You've got some uh, photos from the night in the show notes, which yes. is nice. Some photos there of Alyssa Hudson from HubSpot. She was presenting. Yes. And you know what? You can see a photo of this. There's a slide and on her slides, it's got, there are over 2 billion conversations between messenger users and businesses every month. Did you say businesses? Yeah, Facebook I did messenger. say businesses. That's not B2B, sure. <laughs> That's and true. actually, she actually mentioned that that number's gone up because whenever that stat was taken was a little while back. So it's probably more right now. Why we are highlighting Alyssa's presentation. She was the keynote speaker at the user group last night. She spoke really well. I've actually seen that presentation before and to see it again, it just brought home a lot of the stats that you're highlighting just around how Facebook Messenger is going to be an integral part of communication between businesses and people and things like that. Now, her slide deck is actually available. It's on the Sydney HubSpot user group blog. We posted that today and there's a, a link in the show notes. If you want to download her presentation, get the slides and that's right. through all the stats. And there was another presenter on the night. His name was Craig Bailey and he talked about five marking trends that you need to implement now. So I would recommend that you go and get that as well. It's all a part of the slide deck. Thank there. you. I had a lot of fun. Thanks to the people who turned up and uh, supported us. All right, so I'm going to share an interesting observation, Craig. For a bunch of marketers, no one was taking selfies. There were no selfies. Exactly. No one took selfies with us or the rest of the team. What's very disappointed. We didn't even have pictures of ourselves. Well, we didn't take pictures of ourselves. No one took selfies. Not that we were expecting them to take selfies with us, but... Just in general. Yes. People are taking selfies at events. That's right. Not at our events. It's no. all, all about the content, man. <laughs> That's right. And leading on to that, some of the feedback we had, that made our night, wasn't it? 
when you're Sh- share me some, Craig. So we uh, we had a feedback link at the end of the night, and people submitted feedback. We're getting lots of great feedback. Thank you. People have read it kind. They're saying it's fantastic, awesome venue, awesome everything. But here's my favourite. <laughs> Here's my favorite. So we had two questions. There was a huge feedback form. Two questions. And the first question, what was good at tonight's meeting? This person put food, like one word. Yes. What can we improve? Presentations. <laughs> Clearly, we didn't meet the expectations on That's that right. one. I, I, I took that hard. but uh, It was either that or food actually had a higher standing yeah, that's with right. this person. So there you go, folks. Come for the food, if not the presentations. But look, we appreciate all feedback and thank you to that person. And although yes. most of the feedback was really positive, which was very encouraging, it's always good to get that reality check. And we want to improve and we want to make it the most useful user group for all attendees to give them a ton of value. So, yeah. And the next one is in, in May of 2018. So we're only two months away from doing that. And so we encourage you to keep an eye out. Fill out the lead flow that's on the website and you'll get notified of when the next one is. And speaking of lead flows. Yes. But before we speak of lead flows, I'm going to lead in to say happy birthday to Justin, oh, who yes. actually on his birthday spent the evening emceeing the whole event and yes. being a part of organizing the user group. So thank you, Justin. Um, yeah. Justin, for- thing, he kind of made the night really. He's he a great, did. he was a very engaging, magnetic MC for the night. So happy birthday, Justin. Happy birthday, mate. All right, on to the marketing feature of the week, Craig. Now, this came up quite a bit in the user group, which was about HubSpot lead flows. Yes, and so I presented uh, just briefly last night at the user group, and one of the topics was around lead flows, optimizing lead flows. Now, let me take a step back. Yeah, yeah. Now, I'll tell you why I want to take the step back is because when I talk to customers who use HubSpot or who don't use HubSpot or using marketing free, they talk about lead flow in terms of, oh, I like that pop-up that slides in on the side or that pops up before people are about to leave and I want that. And that's what a lead flow is. So what we're going to talk about is this functionality is available in marketing free all the way up to enterprise. And we encourage people to actually, at its simplest form, just try it out. Yeah, well, that's what, what what was interesting, and perhaps I misjudged the audience, is I prepared one of my topics in the presentation was around optimizing and tailoring lead flows but it turns out that most people weren't even using lead flows mm, at all because uh, asked for a show of hands who's using lead flows very s- small number so perhaps it should have just been introducing lead flows uh, to the audience and good feedback for for me for next time but for those people who at least know what a lead flow is now the key point to take away was that they're very effective but they are awesomely effective when they're tailored to yes. the content And so I thought we'd spend a couple of minutes in the show just recapping some of those points because most people that have put lead flows in place just have a generic lead flow. And so the key way to personalize them is to tailor them for the pages they're on. And we've got some screenshots in the show notes, which highlight from our portal, we've tested a ton of different lead flows and we've found that the generic ones generally do very poorly. So if you get one to 2% conversion rates on your lead (laughs) flows, you know, they slide in and only one or 2% of the time they're converting. That's pretty bad. Well, it's kind of average actually, but perhaps a lot of listeners who may be implementing lead flows think that's normal. Well, I want to tell you, you should be aiming for at least 10% conversion rate on your lead flows. And the way you do that is actually to tailor the lead flow offer specifically to the page they're on. So we generally set a generic site-wide lead flow just to get things started. But then we go through and the process we use is we find 
the most popular pages, and then we tailor a lead flow for each of those. So we'll quite often create a lead flow just for one page. It's only going to, that particular lead flow offer is only going to appear on one page. And uh, if you're after a bunch of more screenshots that walk you through, download the presentation for Sydney HubSpot user group where we walk through a few examples. But just one quick, I guess, takeaway or tip that we highlighted is that, and we have done this on the show before, is we tested course people are like oh what do i offer and it's a lead flow i can't write an ebook about it so we actually just copied the content from the blog post into a pdf made the pdf look nice but that's pretty easy and offered that as the offer for the lead flow would you like to download this blog post as a pdf so no new content nothing new just download it into a format that they might want to share or print and they convert really well in general maybe not all the time but test and measure so that's one quick tip to use with tailoring lead flows and we find that they're the quickest way to get boost conversions. On our client sites, we just go, right, set up at least three or four lead flows on your most popular pages, get them going, and it could be the quickest win you have this month. That's right. And if you have no idea how to do this, we are going to offer a service on how to on actually implementing this. So you don't have to worry about doing anything. We'll work with you to get it done. It's a done-for-you service, basically. That's right. We'll work out the best lead flows to put on your most popular pages. We'll just do it all for you. So if you've been meaning to do it and you haven't had time and you just want us to do it, we've got a link in the show notes, fill out a form, we'll be in touch and we can organise the time to set that up for you. Excellent. Now, Craig, what's coming up in HubSpot, and we found this out from the user group, is that ManyChat, which is an AI bot for Facebook Messenger is actually going to be a native integration in HubSpot so that all that data will come through. Currently, you can actually integrate it using other services like Zapier, for example, where the data comes through. But when this is native, means that it'll just flow in. This is exciting news. And, and how, far, exciting. how far away is this? Is this happening soon? Two weeks, I believe. So let's, let's wait and see. But that was kind of exciting given the whole experience with Facebook Messenger yeah. and with messaging. It's really good. And, and I think we should mention there's two main chat tools that are pretty popular. One's yes. called ChatFuel and one's called ManyChat. We use ManyChat on some sites. And to have this integrated in with HubSpot now, just that's, you know, the timeline is just getting richer and richer. Exactly. Now, another thing that's going to happen, and this is due in May's HubSpot Conversations, will be one of the first platform-level features available in the soon-to-be-released service hub, right? And we spoke about this before. And it's even going to be available in CRM-free. So this, this is going to be fantastic. It's about really enriching that conversation that you're talking about. Now, we don't have access to it, but there is a screenshot there that HubSpot have supplied. So you can actually understand. So the whole idea here is that Every interaction with the individual, be it through email, messages, chat, so on, will all reside in this, even even on social, actually, to be honest. It'll all be in the one place. So you can actually see a total view of what the conversation is and being able to respond on that platform that's correct for that customer. The footprint that HubSpot is putting down is amazing. The vision that they've got behind this, it's massive. And I just think all these tools out there, they're encroaching on all their land. A really exciting time. And the way that they pull it all together into one, well, it's such a such a powerful platform. That's to be right. Using. Kudos to the person behind coming out with that idea. All right, on to our marketing tip of the week, Craig. 
You've actually got a really good tip. This is about data hygiene. Yes. Right. And we so easily overlook that because there's things like ManyChat integration and, <laughs> and really exciting, you know, shiny toys that we can. But sometimes it just comes back to the basics. Doesn't yes. It? Now, this is a basic that we want to highlight because we come across this all the time. So this is even people who are loading data in from other systems that they might have within their business and they want to do some email marketing generally this is what happens and they just go oh yeah just let's dump everything from here into there and not look at anything and then we end up with a big mess which is a lot harder to clean up once it's in hubspot it's actually far better to do the cleanup outside before putting it in so i wanted to highlight because i've had this issue a few times with different people and i want to highlight some different things that we can do And I've kind of got a bit of a plan about how we go about this. So the first thing is actually to look at the data that you want to use, because whatever system you're taking data out of, you could have multiple rows of contacts, which might have deals associated with them, and you can't load them in at the same time. You've got to separate them, right? So that's just one thing. Determine the fields that you need to understand what's the purpose of the data you're bringing into HubSpot. Is it for email marketing? How do you want to dissect it or segment it? for future use because all that data when it comes in, you can be used, but understand the why behind what you're doing. Third one, check that you're mapping the contact properties into HubSpot. So you're not loading stuff that doesn't exist, but you actually set up those contact properties appropriately so that you can actually load it in seamlessly. I think that's right. And just my little, I just want to add on to that is that if you set those properties up beforehand, you've planned it out in contact settings, rather than at the import stage where they just kind of create these random ones that get lost. That's just planning it, I think, is a really good point you're making. Number four, which I wanted to highlight, is to split your list that you're loading in. So what we've been doing recently is splitting one to two years from the current year. So, for example, we load in some customer data from the 2017-2018 year into one list. And then what we did was we took the next lot of data from the 2015 and 16 year and then loaded that in a separate list. Why we did that is we know over time there's a 25% decay in contacts so people move jobs, they change email providers and things bounce and get quarantined. So it's to avoid this that we split things up so we can progressively so just so i understand so you import into different lists and then do you send an email communication to one list maybe then your yes, list mate, just to check that in yes. terms of bounce rate first because yep. that's got some high bounce rate then even the older stuff will be even worse so you might not even touch it or maybe that's break right. it down okay fair enough and another thing you can do as a precautionary measure before you actually even load that list in is you can actually use something like Clearbit to enhance your data and to check that things are valid before loading it in. Fantastic tool. Thanks to Justin for highlighting Clearbit to us That's as well. Right. Yeah, great way to enrich data and and uh, I guess cleanse it in a way. Cleanse yeah. it, yeah, exactly. You want to do this because you do pay for every contact that's in the system and you don't want to have rubbish data in there. So there is even an option when you're loading data to load contacts that don't have an email so you make sure that you actually don't load those contacts. Yeah. Do you ever do that? I have previously with some customers that want to keep everything in the CRM. Oh, right. And then we create a CRM view, essentially, where we highlight all the ones that don't have email addresses and then sales teams or people within the business will call those people oh, up right. and fill it in. So, you know, I just realized I've never 
worked on a portal or customer portal or anything where we've had contacts without an email address. Yeah. It's always just been kind of the primary key in a way. All right. There's another caveat here mm. that I discovered this week. What happened was we had customers that were in these lists over years. So I was in that list because I did some business with this company that we now look after. And because their data was arranged by the deals that were going through. So I had data spanning over from five years. And so what happened was because I loaded the first list in the most recent transaction that I had. And what I did was I wanted to load in all the data from previous years. Now, what happens is that if you load that data in after, it will overwrite properties within the contact record. Okay. If, so, if so how is it matching it? What, what's, on email. Oh, right. Sorry. Yeah. Back to on email. email. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. yeah. But if it notices that something's updated from those fields that have been inserted, it'll actually update those contact records, right, which gotcha. might actually put data back. Yes. Which then made me realize I should have actually loaded it in the other way from the earlier years back into the new right. years yeah, so that right. the data was actually cleaner. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Things like job titles. And exactly. Stuff like that. Yeah. 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 No, totally. Gotcha. So there's a little gotcha for the week. Things to think about because this is really critical. And as things grow and you do more with HubSpot and you create workflows and you create lead scoring and so on. This becomes a really key aspect. If you've got rubbish in there, you will get rubbish out the other. I think that's right. You know, we have this discussion with clients. Should we keep a cleansed database or should we keep everything as much as possible? You know, what's interesting because I'm always one to lean towards cleansing. Yes. You know, I'm pretty ruthless. We clean out. Even in our own portal, we have more than a thousand contacts some months coming in across all our sites and things like that. Right. And so I'm like, well, that's getting costly. (laughs) So I'm all about cleansing data. One of our clients in particular, because they're raising funds, yes. um, a capital raising yep. round, they've actually kept every contact as possible because the more contacts in their database, it's seen as, as an asset for the yes. company. And so there the discussion is not really about cleansing. It's just about segmenting because if we know that there's some on the, you know, the older range, maybe we're not touching them as much as possible, but they're kept for future reference in case they want to re-nurture later down the track. So the reason I mention this is because although we're promoting cleansing and maybe being ruthless, it actually depends on your business goals and the actual vision for your business as well. All right. HubSpot sales feature of the week, Craig. And this is not massive, but meetings within HubSpot actually integrates better within the platform. So one of the things is here is about controlling your branding by hosting meetings. So previously the URL, when people had a look, it said meetings.hubspot.com. You can now change that. So if it's your business you can be say meetings.yourbusiness slash whatever and so you've actually got control of it now the only thing that we found with this like both of us have multiple domains in our portal and we thought oh i wonder whether we can run a separate meeting link for this other domain and obviously you can't do that so you're gonna have to choose one so just be aware of yeah that. that is the just the gotcha and i'll just explain that again in case people didn't catch that but if you've got multiple brands you've got an enterprise HubSpot yes. portal you've got multiple brands so therefore multiple sites you might have some sales reps for one particular brand and then other sales reps for other brands so you want to give them their own tailored meeting url link for their brand that they're with but you can't you're limited to one domain so you know it's kind of like it's a great feature so we don't have the app.hubspot one we get our own domain but oh if i'd only gone further you know (laughs) 
So that setting, I don't think that setting should be in the meeting settings. I think that actually should be in the domain settings. Correct. So, yes. so you can set things for each yep. of your domain levels. So that's one thing. The next thing is you can actually get valuable page analytics with your meetings link. So this is all tying in the whole analytics side. And meeting submissions now act as forms, which is interesting because I tried to go find it in forms and I couldn't see anything. So they act as forms, which means that that data is probably flowing into the analytics side. Right. Being able to report. You know, I never thought of that, of course. So they got submitted before. What were they? They just went in as standalone. But surely we used to pick that up in smart lists as, or workflow triggers. What, what did they fire as? That is a good question. I, don't, I have no idea. I don't know either. We'll have to test this. There you go. Back. There you go, <laughs> listeners. You can find out. Let us know. <laughs> So we've got some screenshots there and what you can do. So if you've got meetings, go and customize your domain and see what happens. All right, Craig, on to our opinion of the week. And this is from favorite of the week, Alyssa Hudson, who's the marketing manager at HubSpot. And she shared about Messenger and the impact of it. Now, at the end of the night, we all were asked, what is the one thing we would take away or implement? And she made a really valid point. Now, this is not verbatim, but this is what I remember of the night, which was 24 hours ago. (laughs) Ask why you are doing a particular marketing activity and then see if it lines up with your goals. So are you building a Twitter following that reaches your business goal or are you doing it because it's a good idea and someone else is doing it? I thought to myself, that's a very wise piece of advice. It's really good advice because when you're asked what's the one thing you do, most people will jump to a tactical thing. Which oh, I did. <laughs> right. Well, which you would. And she took a back step and said, let's have a look at it. And are you, do- are you actually doing the right thing? Yeah, I thought it was a great comment. Yeah. So I think what I want to highlight there is like line up your activities with your business goals. Because everything, if you're employed by a business, if you run your own business, at the end of the day, everything you do has to drive towards reaching a goal which generally ends up being a monetary goal at the end. Like there's got to be return for the investment here and understand what are those activities that are going to lead you there. So one of the really great things she said, like if you're doing this on a daily basis, stick whatever that goal is and go, oh, okay, is that going to get me more revenue? Is that going to get me more sales? And then work your way back and see, is it lining up? If it's not, cut it right then. And go and do something that will line up with that. Yeah. I'm just going to mention an example with one of our, our large enterprise clients. Yes. Right? Do you know what one of their goals is? This is, comes from the top, the head of the business, not the marketing. But this force pushed down to marketing. Yes. You know what their goal is? Increase likes on their Facebook page. Can you believe that? So while the actual marketing division in that is their goal is like raising leads, helping drive sales growth leads to the sales team management from the highest senior management. They want to look at the Facebook likes because this is a global brand with multiple Facebook pages and they look at the likes on the Facebook page. And it's just like, it's incredibly frustrating. The reason I'm mentioning it is because that is actually a business goal and a KPI that's handed down to a marketing manager. And I bet they'd they'd listen to Alyssa's advice and go, I know, I know. <laughs> I am doing something really dumb, but that is actually the business goal. But who am I to say? Exactly. Massive corp, global corporation, they're doing something right. Some, there maybe could be I, some bonus remuneration tied to that, Greg. Oh, yeah, maybe <laughs> maybe I've just missed the fa- Facebook likes. That's what we need. That's what we should focus on. 
All right. So there we have it, the opinion of the week. All right, now, Craig, on to our tool of the week, and this is Rev.com. While we're highlighting this, we had a question about this at the user group, but we've also mentioned this tool before, but it's used for converting audio, like the podcast we're doing, or video to text. So that's one way to do it. When you're creating content, if you are actually struggling to sit down and write it, if you find it easy to record it, you can actually get it transcribed using this search by just uploading the audio file and it'll get done within 24 hours or even quicker, I believe. The other thing we use it for is on Facebook videos, creating captions that can be loaded in so that when people watch the video without sound, the captions are actually on there. And they'll even do subtitles for videos. Definitely, if you are looking in video, use this when you're doing it. This is an excellent tip. But speaking of video, because that question came up a bit last night. Yes. I wanted to put this question to our listeners. What would you like us to cover? Because video, we're thinking of actually doing a a bit more around video and perhaps getting Moby uh, back on the show. Because he's a bit of a guru at the whole video side of things. So please, listeners, if there are questions that you'd like us to cover, we've actually, we're lucky enough to have a bunch of friends in the community that are experts in some of these areas. We can get them on and giving advice and answers around some of these. So please hit us up on Twitter or probably our Facebook group page is the easiest way. Leave a question and uh, we'll uh, incorporate it into the show. All right. This is the bonus uh, tool of the week. And this is, thank you to Justin for this. And this is dataselfie.it. What this does is actually tells you what Facebook data has been collected about you. It's a Chrome extension. I think there's one for Firefox as well. But it'll basically give you an understanding of what data Facebook's collecting about your behavior and what sort of learning goes on behind it. So I know it might sound creepy, but it might be worth just actually doing it for a week and see what's getting collected just for your own understanding. And then you can remove it. All right. On to our resource of the week, Craig. And this is something Apple launched this week. And I thought it was great for those with people with families out there. They launched a a whole section on their site called a family section. Their value proposition is you want what's best for your family. And so do we. So I've just put a link to it. Lots of great ways on how to protect your family, how to share things, what Apple is doing to actually keep them safe. Why I wanted to highlight this, because I have this conversation with other people that I meet that have children, that have families, that have issues with controlling how they use devices, what's good, what's not good. And I think it's great that they've actually gone down the path to address this. So I wanted to highlight that as a resource. And Craig, onto our quote of the week. Great quote you've found here. Oh, by the way, did you know that one of the, wasn't it funny that the questions we get, people come up and ask us about the podcast. They don't ask us about technical stuff. They say, oh, where do you get those quotes from? <laughs> we should just do a show called Quotes, the Quotes podcast. But anyway, this is a great one that you've got from Winston Churchill. Yes, it is. It says, success is never final. Failure is never fatal. It's the courage that counts. And I think this holds very true when it comes to marketing. We can talk about lots of stuff, but we ever never implement stuff and try it out and have those moments of, elation or oh that didn't work we will never actually make a difference there's some bonus links to the end and we would love you to leave us any feedback any comments we would love some feedback on itunes which will greatly help us and until next time craig catch you later ian hey there thanks for listening to this episode of hub shots for show notes and the latest hubspot news and tips please visit us at hubshots.com